Book Eight, Chapter One of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Chapter One. A Way to Make Friends. When Camilla appeared at the hall door, a gentleman descended from the carriage of Mrs. Burlington, with an air the most melancholy, and eyes bent to the earth in the mournful bow with which he offered her his hand, though when he had assisted her into the coach, he raised them, and turning round, cast upon the mansion a look of desponding fondness, that immediately brought to her recollection young Melmont the oxford student and the brother of her new friend mrs burlington received her with tenderness folding her to her breast and declaring life to be now insupportable without her the affection of camilla was nearly reciprocal but her pleasure had no chance of equal participation nor was the suspensive state of her mind the only impediment opposite to her in the carriage and immediately claiming her attention was mrs mittin the agitating events which had filled up the short interval of her residence at cleves had so completely occupied every faculty that till the affair of the horse involved her in new difficulties her depths had entirely flown her remembrance and the distressing scenes which immediately succeeded to that forced recollection made its duration as short as it was irksome but the sight of mrs mitten brought it back with violence to her memory and flashed it with shame upon her conscience the twenty pounds however just given her by sir hugh occurred at the same moment to her thoughts and she determined to repair her negligence by appropriating it into parcels for the payment of all she owed before she suffered sleep again to her eyes. Mrs. Burlington informed her that both herself and her brother had been summoned to Southampton to meet Mrs. Ecton, the aunt by whom she had been educated, who had just arrived there from Wales, upon some secret business necessary for her to hear, but which could not be revealed by letters. The journey, though in itself short and pleasant, proved to camilla long and wearisome the beauties of the prospect were acknowledged by her eye but her mind dead to pleasure refused to give them their merited effect to the charms of nature she could not be blind her fervent imagination and the lessons of her youth combined to do them justice but she thought not of them at this moment hill vale or plain were uninteresting however beautiful it was edgar she looked for edgar who thus coldly had suffered her to depart but who still it was possible might pursue and hope ever active painted him as she proceeded in every distant object that caught her eye whether living or inanimate brightening from time to time the roses of her cheeks with the felicity of a speedy reconciliation but upon every near approach the flattering error was detected, and neither hill, vale, nor plain could dispel the disappointment. A fine country and diversified views, 
may soften even the keenest affliction of decided misfortune and tranquilize the most gloomy sadness into resignation and composure but suspense rejects the gentle palliative tis an absorbent of the faculties that suffers them to see hear and feel only its own perplexity and the finer the fibres of the sensibility on which it ceases the more exclusive is its despotism doubt in a fervent mind from the rapidity of its evolutions between fear and in its utmost despondence and hope in its fullest rapture is little short of torture they drew immediately to an elegant house situated upon a small eminence half a mile without the town of southampton which had already been secured and mrs burlington as soon as she had chosen the pleasantest apartment it afforded for camilla and suffered mrs mitten to choose the next pleasant for herself went accompanied by her brother to the lodging of mrs ecton left alone camilla stationed herself at the window believing she meant to look at the prospect but her eye faithful to her heart roved up and down the high road and took in only chaises or horsemen till mrs mitten with her customary familiarity came into the room well my dear miss she cried you're welcome to southampton and welcome to mrs burlington she's a nice lady as ever i knew i suppose you're surprised to see us so great together but i'll tell you how it came about you must know just as you was gone i happened to be in the bookshop when she came in and asked for a book the peruvan letter she called and it was not at home and she looked quite vexed for she said she had looked the catalogue up and down and saw nothing she'd a mind to so i thought it would be a good opportunity to oblige her and be a way to make a prodigious genteel acquaintance besides so i took down the name and i found out the lady that had got the book and i made her a visit and i told her it was particular wanted by a lady that had a reason so she let me have it and i took it to my pretty lady who was so pleased she did not know how to thank me so this got me footing in the house and there i heard amongst her people she was coming to southampton and was to call for you my dear miss so when i found she had not her coach full i asked her to give me a cast for i told her you'd be particular glad to see me as we'd some business to settle together that was a secret between only us two so she said she would do anything to give you pleasure so then i made free to ask her to give me a night's lodging till i could find out some friend to be at for i'd a vast mind to come to southampton as i could do it so reasonable for i like to go everywhere and i say my dear miss if you'll tell her twill oblige you she'll make me the compliment to let me stay all the time for i know nobody here though i don't fear making friends go where i will and you know my dear miss you can do no less by me considering what i've done for you for i've kept all the good people quiet about your debts and they say you may pay them when you will as i told them you was such a rich heiress which mr dubster let me into the secret of for he had had it from your brother 
camilla now experienced the extremest repentance and shame to find herself involved in any obligation with her character so forward vulgar and encroaching and to impose such a person through the abuse of her name and influence upon the time and patience of mrs burlington the report spread by lionel she immediately disavowed and producing her twenty-pound bank-note begged mrs mitten would have the goodness to get it changed for her and to discharge her accounts without delay surprised by this readiness and struck by the view of the note mrs mitten imputed to mere reserve the denial of her expected wealth but readily promised to get in the bills and see her clear camilla would now have been left alone but mrs mitten thought of nothing less than quitting her and she knew not how to bid her depart it was uncertain when mrs burlington could return to obviate therefore in some measure the fatigue of such conversation camilla proposed walking it was still but two o'clock and the weather was delicious every place that opened to any view presented some prospect that was alluring camilla notwithstanding her anxiety was caught and at intervals at least forgot all within from admiration of all without mrs mitten led immediately to the town and camilla was struck with its neatness and surprised by its populousness mrs mitten assured her it was nothing to london and only wished she could walk her from charing cross to temple bar just to show her what it was to see a little of the world but now my dear she cried the thing is to find out what we've got to look at so don't let's go on without knowing what we're about however these shops are all so monstrous smart it will be a pleasure to go into them and ask the good people what there's to see in the town this pretext proved so fertile to her of entertainment in the opportunity it afforded of taking a near view of the various commodities exposed to sale that while she entered almost every shop with inquiries of what was worth seeing she attended to no answer nor information but having examined and admired all the goods within sight or reach walked off to obtain by similar means a similar privilege further on boasting to camilla that by this clever device they might see all that was smartest without the expense of buying anything it is possible that this might safely have been repeated from one end of the town to the other had mrs mitten been alone and she seemed well disposed to make the experiment but camilla who absent and absorbed accompanied without heeding her was of a figure and appearance not quite so well adapted for indulging with impunity such unbridled curiosity the shopkeepers who according to their several tastes or opinions gave their directions to the churches the quays, the market-place the antique gates the town hall etc involuntarily looked at her as they answered the questioner and not satisfied with a short view followed to the door to look again this presently produced an effect that for the whole length of the high street was amply ridiculous every one perceiving that whatsoever had been his recommendation whether to the right to the left or forward the two inquirers went no further than into the next shop whence they regularly drew forth 
either the master or the man to make another starer at their singular proceeding some supposed they were only seeking to attract notice others thought they were deranged in mind and others again imagined they were shoplifters and hastened back to their counters to examine what was missing of their goods two men of the two last persuasions communicated to one another their opinions each sustaining his own with a positiveness that would have ended in quarrel had it not been accommodated by a wager to settle this became now so important that business gave way to speculation and the contending parties accompanied by a young perfumer as arbitrator leaving their affairs in the hands of their wives or their domestics issued forth from their repositories to pursue and watch the curious travellers laying bets by the way at almost every shop as they proceeded till they reached the quay where the ladies made a full stand and their followers opened a consultation how best to decide the contest mr furl a sagacious old linen draper who concluded them to be shoplifters declared he would keep aloof for he should detect them best when they least suspected they were observed mr drim a gentle and simple haberdasher who believed their senses disordered made a circuit to face and examine them frequently however looking back to see that no absconding trick was played him by his friends when he came up to them the pensive and absorbed look of camilla struck him as too particular to be natural and in mrs mitten he immediately fancied he perceived something wild if not insane in truth an opinion preconceived of her derangement might easily authorize strong suspicions of confirmation from the contended volubility with which she incessantly ran on without waiting for answerers or even listeners and his observation had not taught him that the loquacious desire only to speak they exact time not attention mrs mitten soon observing the curiosity with which he examined them looked at him so hard in return talking the whole time in a quick low voice to camilla upon his oddity that struck with a direful panic in the persuasion she was marking him for some mischief he turned short about to get back to his companions leaving mrs mitten with precisely the same opinion of himself which he had imbibed of her well my dear cried she this is one of the most miraculous adventures i've met with yet as sure as you're alive that man that stares so is not right in the head for else what should he run away for all in such a hurry after looking at us so particular for nothing i'll assure you i think the best thing we can do is to get off as fast as we can for fear of the worst they then sped their way from the quay but in turning down the first passage to get out of sight they were led into one of the little rooms prepared for the accommodation of bathers this seemed so secure as well as pleasant that camilla soothed by the tranquillity with which she could contemplate the noble southampton water and its fine banks sat down at the window and desired not to walk any further the fright with which mr drim had retreated gained no proselyte to his opinion mr girt the perfumer asserted significantly they were only idle travellers of light character and mr furl when in dodging them 
he saw they went into a bathing-room offered to double his wager that he was to make some assortment of their spoil this was accepted and it was agreed that one should saunter in the adjoining passages to see which way they turned upon coming out while the two others should patrol the beach to watch their disappearance from the windows mrs mitten meanwhile was as much amused though with different objects as camilla a large mixed party of ladies and gentlemen who had ordered a vessel for sailing down the water which was not yet ready now made their appearance and their dress their air of enjoyment their outcries of impatience the frisky gaiety of some the noisy merriment of others seemed to mrs mitten marks of so much grandeur and happiness that all her thoughts were at work to devise some contrivance for becoming of their acquaintance camilla also surveyed but almost without seeing them for the only image of her mind now unexpectedly met her view dr marchmont and edgar just arrived had patrolled to the beach where edgar whose eye from his eagerness appeared to be everywhere in a moment immediately perceived her they both bowed and dr marchmont amazed by the air and figure of her companion inquired if mrs burlington had any particularly vulgar relation to whom she was likely to commit her fair guest edgar who had seen only herself could not now forbear another glance but the aspect of mrs mitten without mrs burlington or any other more dignified or fitting protectress was both unaccountable and unpleasant to him he recollected having seen her at tunbridge where the careless temple and negligent manners of mrs albury made all approaches easy that answered any purpose of amusement or ridicule but he could not conceive how mrs burlington or camilla herself could be joined by such a companion mr furl having remarked these two gentlemen's bows began to fear for his wager yet thinking it authorized him to seek some information approached them and taking off his hat said you seem to be noticing those two ladies up there pray gentlemen if you've no objection who may they be why do you ask sir cried edgar sternly why we've a wager depending upon them sir and i believe there's no gentleman will refuse to help another about a wager a wager repeated edgar wishing but vainly to manifest no curiosity what inducement could you have to lay a wager about them why i believe sir there's nobody's a better judge than me what i've laid about though i may be out to be sure if you know the ladies but i've seen so much of their tricks in my time that they must be pretty sharp before they'll overreach me what tricks who must be sharp who are you talking of shoplifters sir shoplifters what do you mean no harm sir i may be out to be sure as i say and if so i ask pardon only as we've laid the wager i think i may speak before i pay the curiosity of edgar would have been converted into ridicule had he been less uneasy at seeing with whom camilla was thus associated mrs mitten might certainly be a worthy woman and if so must merit every kindness that could be shown her but her air and manner so strongly displayed the low-bred society to which she had been accustomed that he foresaw nothing but improper acquaintance 
or demeaning adventures that could ensue from such a connection at a public place dr marchmont demanded what had given rise to this suspicion mr furl answered that they had been into every shop in the town rooting over everybody's best goods yet not laying out a penny nothing of this could edgar comprehend except that camilla had suffered herself to be led about by mrs mitten entirely at her pleasure but all further inquiry was stopped by the voluntary and pert junction of gert the young perfumer who during this period had by no means been idle for perceiving in the group waiting for a vessel a certain customer by whom he knew such a subject would be well received he contrived to excite his curiosity to ask some questions which could only be satisfied by the history of the wager and his own opinion that both parties were out this drew all eyes to the bathing-room and new bets soon were circulated consisting of every description of conjecture or even possibility except that the two objects in question were innocent and for that in a set of fourteen only one was found who defended camilla though her face seemed the very index of purity which still more strongly was painted upon it than beauty or even than youth such is the prevalent disposition to believe in general depravity that while those who are debased themselves find a consolation in thinking others equally worthless those even who are of a better sort nourish a secret vanity in supposing few as good as themselves and fully without reflection the fair candour of their minds by aiding that insidious degeneracy which robs the community of all confidence in virtue the approach of the perfumer to edgar had all the hardiness of vulgar elation bestowed at this moment by the recent encouragement of having been permitted to propagate his facetious opinions in a society of gentlefolks for though to one only amongst them a young man of large fortune by whom he was particularly patronized he had presumed verbally to address himself he had yet the pleasure to hear his account repeated from one to another till not a person of the company escaped hearing it my friend furl's been telling you i suppose sir said he to edgar of his foolish wager but take my word for it here edgar who again had irresistibly looked up at the room saw that the three gentlemen had entered it alarmed lest these surmises should be productive of impertinence to camilla he darted quickly from the beach to her immediate protection but the rapidity of his wishes were ill seconded by the uncertainty of his footsteps and while with his eyes eagerly wandering all around he hastily pushed forward he was stopped by mr drim who told him to take care how he went on for in one of those bathing-houses to the best of his belief there were two crazy women one melancholy and one stark wild that had just as he supposed escaped from their keepers how shall i find my way then to another of the bathing-houses cried edgar mr drim undertook to show him where he might turn but said he must not lose sight of the door because he had a bottle of port depending upon it his neighbour mr furl insisting they were only shoplifters edgar here stopped short and stared drim then assured him it was what he could not believe as nothing was missing though mr furl would have it that it was days and days sometimes before people found out what was gone 
but he was sure himself they were touched in the head by their going about so wild asking everybody the same questions and minding nobody's answers edgar convinced now camilla was here again implicated broke with disgust from the man and rushed to the door he charged him to avoid End of chapter 1 Read by Lars Rolander